Recorded on June 7th, 2022. Gun Responsibility. Welcome to the Push Ahead Podcast, the podcast that's all about pushing the political conversation ahead, not pushing back. Hi, I'm Jamie. I'm Shelby. And I'm Pamela. And we have my friend, Carly. Hi, Carly. Hi. Y'all are going to love her. And we're here to talk about guns. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, joy. But first, we have a couple of elephants in the room. So let's jump right into that. Well, we, of course, have our vindictive governor back in the news this week because his Freedom First budget came out. Why do you need to name a budget? One is my question. And two, he line item vetoed things like the Tampa Bay Devil Rays had money coming to them for their stadium. But because they supported gun control in Twitter and at their stadium, he took away $38 million. To be fair, there are times when I kind of agree with DeSantis, but for different reasons. Right, right. Like, why are we subsidizing sports franchises? Why are we giving all of this money to a sports team and not schools? Exactly. But he's just using his little pen. Yes. But the weirdest things are the things he didn't veto. Oh, yeah. So he did not veto West Melbourne's flood mitigation spending, although it's just as bad that Randy thought he would and knew he could ask him to. He also did not. I I love that Randy Fine sent out the tweet saying, you know, uh, reckoning is here. The budget got signed. And then he had to take that tweet down because DeSantis did not keep the $200 million from the school districts that voted for mass mandates. Even though I did hear he was threatening the Special Olympics, not because of anything happening in Brevard, but because they have a pro-vax stance. It wasn't with the budget. That was, he wasn't threatening them. They actually did fine them $23 million because they were keeping athletes from participating. And then the Special Olympics just reached an agreement with them, but they said, okay, we won't do that, which is pretty crappy. But along with all of that, I think as Democrats, I'm feeling hopeful about the fact that he's trying to sound like a normal human being, like vetoing that particular budget, the raise thing would appeal to them. And we had been promised that $200 million extra was going to the schools that did not have a mass mandate in place. He wasn't going to take it from the school districts that did, but he was going to give an extra $200 million to the school's the 55 districts that bowed to his will and didn't put a mass mandate in place. And he didn't do that. Now, it's the party chair. It drives me crazy because people might think that he's actually a normal human being. But I also think it's encouraging to know that he is enough afraid of the potential of not winning based on a Nazi platform in in Florida that he wants to sound moderate, that he knows that our voices still matter. He only win by like 30,000 votes. 32,000. Well, he has spent the last four years bringing all the fascists here. He's he's been on a Freedom Florida tour. He's been, you know, all the states that are deep blue, he's been there saying, hey, if you don't like deep blue, come to Florida. But I just think the undercurrent in that, it's interesting that he's trying to publicly appear to not be a Nazi. I feel like that this is the first time that he's behaved in a way that shows that he's aware that he's not invincible. Right. Like going toe to toe with Disney feels like a suicidal move because they completely overhauled global copyright law in the 90s (laughs) and a small little state governor thinks that he can go toe-to-toe with the mouse is, I don't know, I mean crazy 
And so him not withholding funding. Right. Projecting not punishing the appearance. The yeah. yeah. I yeah, totally. Because it's not out of character. Yes. So encouraging, if you're listening to this, if you're blue, to think maybe he's more afraid than we thought. Yes. And also for Ronnie, you know how not to appear like a fascist? Just don't be one. Denounce fascism. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That would be nice. Yeah. I, Say that you are not a Nazi and you do not condone Nazis. Yeah. Speaking of, of language change, we are only 17 episodes into this podcast. And that's a change. When we first started, I was always like a little bit careful about being like, oh, we shouldn't throw around fascist. We shouldn't throw around Nazi. And now it's like, uh, it's time to call a spade a spade. Yeah. <laughs> it's time to call a fascist a fascist. Yes. <laughs> yeah. yeah. The gloves came off like a month ago, I think. So somebody on Twitter said something about Ron and I said, okay, you want to talk about authoritarianism. Authoritarianism is when you, when the citizens in Key West voted for a citizen led initiative to not allow deep cruise ships into their port because Key West is not known for cruises. They're known for the beauty of their natural resources. And the, it was overwhelming. And DeSantis overruled that yeah. vote. The whole county's vote. He just said, no, we're not going to do that. You don't get to do that. So when you talk about the actual facts about what the Republicans are doing, rather than just saying the term, saying this is literally why we're calling it authoritarian. Yeah, I mean, yes. a central tenet of fascism is seizing private entities and then bringing them under direct control of like the government. Disney. <laughs> like Disney, like the Reedy Creek Improvement District is very much like what happened in Germany in the 30s. I was in Washington, D.C., as you both know, in January, and my sister-in-law is politically opposite of me in, in every single way. And she'd been to the Holocaust Museum, and we were having the reception. We had just buried her father and her mother. And she said, oh, my gosh, the museum was just so moving. I mean, it's just so hard to imagine how easy and simple it can be to just happen. You're not paying attention. And I just stopped. I said, just stop right there. I think you and I are going to disagree on where that threat is coming from. Yes. My party is not the one threatening public schools. Nope. My party is not the one threatening the free press. My party is not the one making it harder to vote. All of which happened to create Nazi Germany. Right. And she just looked at me like a deer in headlights. GOP and gaslight obstruct project. They're <laughs> yep. projecting that we are fascist because they are. Every accusation is a confession. Yes. It's just really important if you're a listener to know why we say that, because otherwise we sound just as ignorant as the other side. It's what the actions are that speak to authoritarianism and fascism. And there they are, overruling home rule. And it's so funny, I actually had somebody twist yourself into pretzels trying to say to me, well, his overreach was actually to prevent overreach, so it's okay when the school board issues were happening. And I said, so in other words, you like overreach when it's something you want done. That's not how it works. So speak to it when you're talking to people. If you yeah. want to pers be persuasive at all, you have to be able to give black and white examples of what's happening. Right. Yeah. Okay. There's that elephant gone. Gone. Boom. Speaking speaking of another overweight mammal that we need to get rid of. <laughs> Randy Fine was in Twitter news. That was excellent. <laughs> so if you're a listener and you live in Palm Bay and you've been calling me or texting me or sending me pictures of the flyer you received, I get it. It's being financed by a pack from South Florida. But the reality is that pack has actually literally been tied to Randy Fine in the past. The way that I will address this publicly, and I have addressed this publicly, Randy Fine in this mailer talks about the most popular elected official in Palm Bay history. He's won by the highest vote count of anybody in Palm Bay. And this was after this first came out. Randy tried to make this an issue against Kenny Johnson a few years ago. And he won by the most votes. And he's done nothing but increase his popularity because he's a ridiculously effective city councilman. 
and now vice mayor. So he's accusing him of some things and making it sound like he just did them yesterday. And he's also accusing his cousin of some things. And I will tell you this. I have confirmed a zillion times that Kenny's cousin, Robert Burns, has never been convicted of a felony, period, ever. Never even been charged with a felony. If you think about the crimes that Randy's accusing him of, rape, sodomy, and domestic violence, that Robert got honorable discharge from the army and has shared custody of his daughters. So if any of those things were true, that wouldn't be the case. Also, there is literally no evidence of any felony charge, much less a conviction. If you're on social media and you want to ask Randy to please provide the evidence, he won't be able to. It's all over super petty, super petty, stupid things. There's nothing to it. What I would say in public, and I have said, is I have talked to both of the men involved and I am confident in how much of these statements is true and how much is not. And it's simply a deflection and I hope that you won't notice that at the same time, Randy Fine tried to get West Melbourne's flood mitigation funding vetoed because they wouldn't uninvite Jennifer Jenkins from a fundraiser. That's right, folks, from participating in a Special Olympics fundraiser. He tried to do that, and we have evidence of that. He's hoping that you won't notice that he sent out a tweet threatening the life of the president. And he's tried to run away from that and paint it in many different ways, but it's clear as day what it sounded like. And that when he was asked about that by the press, because he was talking about guns, and they said, well, some of your Democratic colleagues want a special session. And he cut them off and said, I am not interested in what any Democrats have to say. There's 42,000 registered Democrats in Randy Fine's district. And if you're listening to this and you are one of them, your state representative just told you he doesn't care about anything you have to say. We already knew it, but now he said it. He's also hoping that you won't notice that in the middle of the worst conflict between Israel and Palestine last summer, that somebody asked him how he could sleep at night and they posted a photo of an infant being bombed by Israel bombs. And he said, I sleep just fine. Thanks for the pic. Hashtag blow them up. He's hoping you won't notice all of that by talking about a case involving a kid and his girlfriend from 2015. Don't be fooled. Don't be scared. We got this. There's my elephant. So that is all of the elephants out of the room. That Those are two big honking elephants. They are. Yeah. yeah. I mean, the Ron we, and Randy show It's like we, the Ben and Stempy show. We yeah. got to get rid of those elephants. Mm-hmm. We have to get rid of the R's. Ronnie, Randy and Rubio. I like it. Yep, yep. yep. By the way, remember, if you feel like that when people say just vote, it's not enough. You are correct. Always use that as a starting point. Vote and then do more. Vote and invite your friends to vote. Yes. yes. Yeah. Vote and make sure your friends vote. Vote and make some calls to make some other people vote. So it's important that you vote because there is science out there, but science can only be effective in public policy when public officials are voted in. So a piece of science came out, a Politico article came out between a pair of professors who did a profile on mass shooters. I thought they were school shooters. Mass shooters, school shooters. Other than Vegas, they're pretty much the same thing. Yeah, Yeah. Vegas stands out as being unique. Yes. Um, And I'll get to that a little bit later. Okay. Isn't that really crappy that the one shooting that's not involving schools is unique? It is really unique because it is the lone example of how responsible gun control acts that have been passed in the past didn't work. But I'll get to that. So a couple of professors did a psychology review against the school shooters. And 
They found that there is a pattern. There's a way to recognize at-risk young men for potential school shooting. It starts, unfortunately, as many bad things in life do, with early childhood trauma. That seems to be a commonality. Violence in the home, sexual assault, parental suicides, or just extreme bullying. And so that lays the groundwork, but it's not enough. It does start them down a dark path, and eventually they recognized hopelessness, despair, isolation, self-loathing, and rejection from peers that will push them into more extreme groups. They get radicalized because of those feelings, because of those isolation. There's a community online that accepts them. And so they identify more with these online groups than with the people around them. And I mean, that means something because the people around them are fellow students. Most of the time, these school shootings are from ex-students, which tangentially, is a little bit terrifying because Columbine happened 20 years ago. Parkland happened four years ago. And all of these school shootings, active shooter drills have been happening regularly. And so all of these school shooters have better training than the police. The Uvald shooter, he knew how to get into the school. He knew how to secure the doors. He knew what the responses would be. It was his school. Yeah, it was his school. But it was his school a while ago. A long time ago. Like Sandy Hook, too. I mean, he was 18 a long time when you're 18 is under a decade. No, my question is always when I, I hear everything you're saying, by the way, it really sounds like Randy Fine is just a footstep away from becoming a, a school based shooter. on this description, like yes. whatever. He fits the profile. Totally. Let's take his guns. But I just wonder why they don't go after high school, like because their bullying was probably ramped up. I would assume you were bullied more in high school than elementary school. Well, the profile I know on the Sandy Hook shooter, he went to that elementary school because his mother volunteered there. But why, Volvi, do we know yet? I, I, okay. I don't. I don't. I mean, he died. But his grandmother lived. They also said in that article that most of these shooters expect to die. Right. They just want to bring down people with right. them. One of the main things is that without the radicalization, they would have gotten their hands on a gun and it would have been a suicide. With the radicalization, they got their hands on a gun and it turned into a school shooting. So radicalization, like we're all familiar with the concept of ISIS radicalizing youth and turning them into anti-American terrorists. Mm -hmm. But what kind of organization is radicalizing these kids? Cells and white nationalists. So it is decentralized. It is the rights version of Antifa, as they like to call it, the anti-fascists. Let's let's draw it out. Let's say if you are anti-anti-fascist, you are on the wrong side. Okay, yeah, yeah, right. So it's not an orchestrated plan. They're no. not trying to grow an army. They're just giving the, providing a community of hate. Yes. Where these kids are finding Yeah. And overall, it's like an onion where at the most accessible, it might be comment sections on news sites. It might be watching Fox News. It might be parts of Reddit. It might be Discord servers, online communities where you come in. And five years ago, the men's right advocacy got hijacked by this because some men's rights organizations, even despite all of this, they still have good things to say like, hey, maybe... If a dad wants custody of the kids in a divorce, we shouldn't default give it to the mom. You know, so it went from this rational conversation to this is when the incels came in. 
Yeah, they they took it over where not only should Salazar. Yeah. Involuntary (laughs) celibacy. (laughs) So they are people who feel angry at society, women in general, because virginity is forced on them. Even movements like uh, apologies for the language. It's it's called No Nut November, Mm. where the goal is to go all of November without masturbation. And this movement, it's a gateway where if you do that, if you put up resistance, if you show willpower against women, against those urges. But that's that's the entry point. And then you go deeper into those YouTube channels, into those Twitter feeds, into the ugly parts of TikTok, where you go from watching people who only talk about men's rights or you talk about people who watch Fox News and only talk about those Fox News points. And then you go a little bit deeper down the path because you get someone who talks about those points and then talks about something even deeper. So it's like, oh, I didn't realize that this was a problem. I didn't realize that Jewish space lasers were a thing. I didn't realize that Q was a prophet. And so you get into the community and, oh, you like this. You should like this. Right. And then over time, you get deeper and deeper into this multi-level onion to the point that you have people who are just kind of casually wishing anti-Semitic violence, racist violence, misogynist violence. And so they are just casually normalizing the idea of violence against other people as something that is righteous and good. So basically for ISIL and all of those, they had madrasas. And that's where they formed their radicalization. This is a madras from Online. the entire internet. It's a madras that you don't have to travel to. You don't have to pay tuition for. You, don't, yeah. you just open up your web browser. Yeah. And, and the thing is that everyone involved has plausible deniability. Oh, I don't, I don't talk about killing babies. I only talk about Jewish space lasers and world finances. Right. I don't talk about this. I only listen to Steve Bannon and repeat what he says. And so there's this big ecosystem. But once you're in, you're swirling the drain. And then eventually you fall in. And if you have this history of abuse, if you have these preconditions that push you into this spectacular act of violence. I mean, suicide is a problem in this country. It's a problem with the vets. It's a problem with men. It's a problem with women. It's a problem with LGBT. It's a problem with LGBT and trans. Generally, everyone except for rich white dudes have suicide problems. And apparently they're killing other people too. So, but here's where I, I get everything you're saying and I think it's spot on, but there is one missing denominator. Because there are frustrated young men who were bullied and had childhood trauma all over the world. Right. But only in the United States. So what's the missing piece, Carly? The access to the guns. You think? Okay. Not only are these people getting hatred, they're also getting nonstop gun porn. Yeah. Yeah. You know, another tangent. We're recording in my living room. And if you look up there, you can see I have a whole stash of Nerf guns up there. Mm. He has a problem. I I, I have have a Nerf gun problem. I think my neighbor has that many actual weapons. (laughs) So my kids, they grew up watching different cartoons. I I watched G.I. Joe, where they were shooting laser guns. My favorite cartoon was Ghostbusters, which were essentially exterminators with laser guns doing really cool things. I was... Gummy bears. (laughs) You know, all of... a lot. Yeah, all of the boys' cartoons involved guns of some sort. All of the movies, like I have a stack of DVDs there that I'm slowly working my way through with Shelby, and every time we pull up an action flick from the 90s, it's just nonstop gun porn. Not only do you look cool having guns, but like, you know, Wesley Snipes with like the the gun sticking out is like styled, like they spray painted the gun so that it looks even cooler as part of his costume. And my kids, 
that's not normal for them. They watch boy cartoons. They watch, at most, they like Star Wars, but lightsaber battles. They like sword fights. They don't idolize guns. But people my age, people a decade younger than me, we grew up watching cartoons. And then as soon as we were too old for cartoons, we switched to watching guns in movies where the hero always had a gun and always shot his way into victory. But again, they watch those same movies. Right. In every country in the world, but in our country, yeah. they have easy access to the actual right. real life. They call life it thing. gun glorification. Yes. yes. The, because Americans have this idea that they have just constructed in their brain that being American is owning a gun. Right. Yeah. And when you have that mindset that your only identity as an American is to own a firearm, that's when situations like these occur. Right. Yeah. It has been established as the national identity. America was founded when the revolutionaries took up guns and then shot at the redcoats. Yeah. Except uh, it took five minutes to reload one bullet. Yeah. I, I know. I know. And it wasn't actually even a bullet. It was a lead ball. Right. Guns. But that is still part of the idea. Yeah. yeah. Guns. The identity. And if you question somebody's identity, they're going to push back because that's literally who they are. Yes. It is a core value of who they see them as. They view them as tools to do righteous things. Because, again, all of the fiction, all of the narratives that they've been told, I'm not going to say that video games cause violence but if you are looking for gun porn you're going to get a bunch of it in video games it's it's point and click but it wasn't always the american identity it's become one i'm sure carly's gonna be able to speak to that when we get to her topic that's why it's challenging so here's the thing about the far right they think you're coming to take something away they have no problem with people telling people what to do as long as it's them right Right. Mm But I don't give a shit anymore. Like this has been years of us coddling these poor people and with their identity. And and I just I'm tired of compromising the lives of human beings to their flawed self-identity. I'm just tired of it. Also, as Democrats, we also know that while gun control is a major factor, there are other issues that if you do anything for, it's in the right direction. That's the problem that I have with the GOP. They no, because they're going to keep talking about mental health issues. But then fun- that is not the problem because we have them all over the world. And right. only here do yeah. we kill people. With I, I mean, right. yes, yes. The common sense thing is when a child hits you with a stick, you're not going to let them keep hitting you with the stick. And you're also going to take the stick away. Right. You know, you're going to correct the behavior, but you're also going to take the stick. But also what these psychologists said is there is a way to identify them, but it would cost a school psychologist in every school. It would cost money. And red flag laws. Right. Even if you've identified them. Red flag laws. 4,000 lives have been saved in Florida since that was put into place since Park. That is awesome. And they did vote. 17 times in West Melbourne alone. Wow. Well, you know what? I did talk to the city attorney and he was filling out the fourth whatever form they have to yeah. use in three days yesterday. I was going to say so it's been used 17 times in West Melbourne since 2018. And didn't they just extend some of those policies? I, yeah. That place? Okay. Yeah. Right. There's a whole bunch of factors. This is a complex issue, but it culminates in these prepped and primed young men who are planning essentially their final act. It is a suicide. They are going out with a bang. And everything that they have been exposed to by their online social group over the past few years, maybe decade, is pushing them to do this atrocious act of violence. And then they get their hands on a weapon that makes it easy and possible. And then they execute it. 
Right. Yeah. Why learn bomb making when you have an easily accessible weapon that yeah. can do just as much damage? And so when people say if they couldn't get a gun, they'd use a knife. Yeah, yeah. they'd probably be a lot slower. Got to rearm that knife. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Your, your trigger finger lasts a lot longer than your stabbing arm. Right. Yeah. Uh, and you have to be a lot closer with a stabbing arm. Yeah. We yeah. should just be doing everything we can to at least make it harder. Right. Right. Yeah. I do want to flip into a little bit of what we can do. I let in with starts with voting and then it takes more. And before we end this half, this segment, Matthew McConaughey was in the news yesterday or today. Yeah, tell me. Her. So I saw a tweet saying Matthew McConaughey takes your shirts off in movies. I don't care what his two-way... But what is it? What did he say? His hometown was Uvalde. And I think that he had an absolutely brilliant piece of messaging that we need to steal and capitalize on. He said, there is a difference between control and responsibility. The first is a mandate that can infringe on our right. The second is a duty that will preserve it. So we need to shift gears into gun responsibility. And I'm not saying we need to abandon gun control because the Firearms Owner Protection Act of 1986 was a, a milestone in preventing gun violence. Because when gun nuts hear you say, we want to ban assault rifles, they will bristle because they go, they've already been heavily regulated in 1986, but they don't want to say that too loudly. Because it was it released works. 10 years later and it worked when it was in place. Yeah, it worked. A couple of big things. First, if you want a fully automatic M16 rifle, not an AR-15, first is it has to be made prior to the Firearms Act. I think it's either 79 or 86. I forget when it is but they're old. You cannot own a fully automatic weapon that was made in the United States after I was born. I know that for a fact. <laughs> okay. So That's old. Second is that if you want to transfer it, there is a waiting period and an expensive tax stamp. So the only people who own these are people with a lot of means and a lot of wherewithal and a lot of money, which makes the Las Vegas shooting unique because this was the only mass shooting in recent history that used these highly regulated firearms. So he waited the time, he waited, he paid the taxes, and he got these heavily regulated acts, and he used it to commit one of the worst atrocities in recent memory. But and he was also in his 60s. Yeah, he was also in his 60s. He wasn't a school shooter. I mean, he was just broken. He was crazy. I mean, there's a lot of people. There's a lot of crazy people around them, and some of them have means and motive. Right. And this is an example of gun regulation that works, that prevents mass shootings. Could you imagine how much worse life would be without the Firearms Owners Protection Act? Everyone would be running around with fully automatic rifles, and school shootings would be so much worse because instead of having to pull the trigger 30 times, you could just squeeze it once and then spew 30 bullets. Thank you for that. That was a great description of the difference. So there's nothing banning what's actually being used, which are the AR-15s, which are not, I know that it's not automatic, whatever. Right. Rifle. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, it's Armor Light, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Armor Light. It's a brand. Oh, yeah. I keep forgetting. You're like our expert here. We're going to get to you. We really are. That's why we yeah. invited Just you. come on in. Yeah. yeah. Well, but she, I, yeah. Matthew McConaughey has a point and we need to build this into our platform of gun responsibility. It's not gun control to say that you can't sell an AR-15 to an 18 year old. It's gun responsibility to say they're not mature enough. It's gun responsibility to say you don't need 30 round magazines. It's not gun control to say you need to pay $400 if you want to acquire this in taxes. That is gun responsibility. We have it. We should use it. You know, it's funny when they talk about the expense of owning a gun, the hoops they want people to jump through to vote. 
Like it's expensive to vote yeah. nowadays in Florida, but it should be cheap or free to own a weapon. Yeah. I just think it's crazy. Yeah. And I am not personal. I'm going to go on the record. I don't think guns are bad. I don't want to necessarily take everybody's guns, but I think there should be a conversation between banning and bazooka. Yes. Um, and, and I don't think guns are good either. I think they're just guns. I was going to say, I think stigmatizing the guns is good or bad is where it gets sticky. Yeah. Because people want yeah. them for personal reasons. And if I wanted to go, get, and, it, and it is my right to go have a personal firearm to protect myself. But I, again, like you were saying with the whole. And I'm just going to say, I like it. I get so frustrated yeah. with the whole idea of protecting yourself because, you know, this is going to tangent a little bit into row that if you believe as a Floridian, if you just have a sense that your life is in danger, you can shoot and kill an unarmed person. And that's justifiable because of the stand your ground law. But if a woman is afraid that her life is in danger by carrying an infant to term after 15 weeks in Florida, she's just SOL. It's easier for you to kill an unarmed human being in front of you than it is for you to board a message issue that isn't a person. So I have issue with the whole idea of protecting yourself. Gun nuts that talk about the second amendment it's not about protecting yourself from your neighbor. It's supposedly about protecting yourself from the government. And I got to tell you, the government's got nukes. They're going to win. They like, drones. I don't care how many things you've got at your disposal. If the U.S. government comes after you, they are going to win. Yeah. I mean, yeah. So. Whether it be physically with a gun, bank accounts. Yeah. Social media, any other form. You get cut off. No, no cell phone towers, right. no bank. There's so many other ways to do it than with a gun. Yeah. Right. Right. You can't control cell phone towers and yeah. bank accounts unless you have all of your money in cash yeah. and all of these different things. I feel like they would take such a different approach than being physical anyways, if they were to do that. So I think it's a great article you're talking about. We could identify kids, but we need our Republican state legislature yeah. or whoever to care more about these things and find a way. Yeah, that we can... it starts with voting because we oh, need to right. get you were there. We need to get representatives in government who will recognize that this is a complex problem. It has a mental health component and it has a gun control component. And currently the Republicans say it's not gun control, it's mental health. By the way, we're not going to give you gun control. We're not going to give you mental health. We're just going to do nothing and you need to vote those guys out. <laughs> yes, please yeah. do. Yeah. So that's it. That's yep. exactly right. And so moving on, we have Carly Hudson here. Hi. <laughs> so I want to introduce the world to Carly Hudson. I met Carly when she was in high school and Carly is a force. So four years ago, there was a mass shooting in Parkland in South Florida. And one of the students started an organization called March for Our Lives. It started with just with a rally. So Carly, and she was an intern with our party that summer when you were still in high school. Were you a sophomore when yeah. you did this march? Junior. A junior. Yeah, I was going into my senior and year. And so Carly organized um, a March for Our Lives rally and march here in Bavard County with estimated attendance of 2,500 people. Is yeah. that right, Miss Carly? Yeah. And she was in high school. 17. So since then, she has gone to college and come back home. I'm so grateful. And although it sucks to be you because you came back home and you get to organize another rally because we have another yeah, need. It's crazy. So talk us about what's going on, Carly. So March for Our Lives as an organization was formed in the wake of Parkland, the 17 lives that were lost. I even want to say it's like Emma Gonzalez is the one who kind of really spoke to me personally. She had that really like infamous we call BS I speech. I loved her. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> 
that after I heard that speech and I saw her like 17 of her classmates just died. I don't want to say it was it was within 24 hours. Yeah. And she's with a megaphone crying, calling BS on everything that was happening, what was said. They knew when there was rumors of a school shooter and exactly who it was going to be. As a group of students, they wanted to make something bigger than just themselves. Not only give back to like their community and all these different school shootings that have been happening, but try to get reform for school shootings, mass shootings, shootings in general. Since 2018, we did the marches. I actually got to tour with them around the state of Florida for the Road to Change tour, which was really cool. I went to like five or six different cities with them, did oh, town I hall. I forgot that. That's we did right. Ta- we did town hall events and I got to go everywhere from Tampa, St. Pete, up through Jacksonville, and even just to see like the different communities and what they were struggling with with like gun control and stuff was very interesting. But after all that said and done, here we are four years later, 19 lives lost in Uvalde. Just absolutely crazy. I was reached out to, hey, are you going to plan another march? And I can't say no to that. (laughs) So I have an event Saturday. It's like a rally. Did it differently than the march just because it's half the amount of time I had to plan. But it's pretty much the same concept. Like we need to be bringing awareness to the situation and trying to get more youth involved in it. Because it is March for Our Lives, right? Yeah, That's the idea. Is yeah. It's a student youth-led. It's youth-led movement. now because all of us are graduated well, in college. Yale, Harvard. I am like, sure. Yes. In, insane where we all are four years later. So when you were touring the state, yeah. those town halls, did you ever feel like the elected officials were actually listening to you and that something might change? Yes and no. When well, actually, hear, they did. See, the state passed some. Yeah, there laws. was. Yeah, there. And I think that's a big misconception that nothing's been done in four years when actually a lot has been done and a lot of lives have been saved. Even just like how I mentioned before, the red flag laws, 4,000 lives. Background checks have been passed on the House side for four years now, waiting on Mitch McConnell's desk to be brought up to the Senate. And what has been done with that? But absolutely nothing. Having that being said, we are going in the right direction, but it needs to be faster and it needs to be now because is it going to be four years or when is it going to happen? But it's just it's inevitable. And one of the and things it's awful that- to have the mindset of that. Right. But it's students are now preparing for when it happens instead of if it happens. Right. Yeah, I was hearing heartbreaking things and people saying their kids came home and the mother was stressed and the kids said, what's wrong? And they said, well, you know, the shooting. I said, it's okay, mom, We're, we train for this. We train yeah. for this. Yeah. But I know also that because, you know, you and I have this history. So when I saw you were organizing and I reached out and said, hey, you've got whatever you want from me, anything I can do for you. And you graciously allowed yeah. me to emcee your event. I'm not going to yes. be speaking about I'm seeing. And I know that we talked about the idea of all partisan versus nonpartisan. I can't stand the idea of nonpartisan. I love the idea of all partisan, that this should be an all partisan conversation that yeah. everybody should be involved and invited. And I, as the chair of the Brevard Democratic Party, also agree with that. And that's how the organization I know feels that they actually said no partisan representation. And I know you yeah. pushed back on that and said, what if we have all partisan? Yes. So, and I know you have invited my counterparts and I've said to you, I got the receipts to prove it. I said, I hope they say yes. I would love to be at this rally with Rick Lacey standing next to me, the chair of the Brevard Republican Party. So, hey, Rick, if you're listening, come out and support our kids. There are some definite points in this that the, like there's no conversation. There is not an option to arm schools. You don't want any more guns in schools. Is no. that correct? 
Um, Except with school resource officers. Correct. Yes. But you don't want any school staff. No. This is, I'm talking about yeah. March for Our Lives. No matter yeah. what you think. Yeah. March for Our Lives. Yes. So that's a non-starter. So, Correct. but any Republican that agrees with that, that yeah. wants to come with some, some solutions. For we, sure. I personally would love to see them. I, yeah. And I know you have invited them all. And has yeah. anybody said yes? No, I haven't heard back from anybody yet. So any Republicans? Is out? No. Yeah. So, so who are some of the people that are going to be speaking? I have Jennifer Jenkins from the school board, Lavander Hearn. He's from Coco. Deputy he may not Mayor, be speaking, but he's Mayor. getting the flu, but oh, he's, no. I mean, we're working on it. Okay. Deputy Mayor, I have two students. I have an eight-year-old who's coming to speak. She wrote a great speech. I'm really excited for that. A 16-year-old, she's a sophomore at Mel High. So she's going to be speaking. Really excited for that one too. Jamie Torkowski, to write love on her arms. Mental health, national, big kind of advocate for that. So, Jamie lost somebody to suicide correct. and yeah. started this nonprofit that, yeah. is, that is an amazing nonprofit. Yeah. He spoke at my first March, actually turned into a really great friend of mine. And I even reached out to him for this March just for his kind of stance on it. And I'm going to let him speak on that on Saturday. But just seeing somebody who's so well-versed on the mental health aspect of everything, saying that this isn't a mental right. health problem, that it is a gun problem, yeah. I think speaks volumes. And I know you invited, you said before we got started recording that you've invited yeah. Sheriff Ivy to participate in some sure, of your town yeah, halls and yeah. he has refused. Previously. Continues. Yeah. Okay. I'm not trying to be partisan in this, but yeah, I want everybody yeah. to understand, like when people say that Democrats are politicizing this because we immediately started talking. I mean, I was so angry. You can ask these people. I was so angry when this happened 10 days after the Buffalo shooting and I was accused of politicizing. I'm like, damn right. Yeah. Like not politicizing hasn't saved a life. Yeah. And all these organizations are working so hard to stay on good terms with everybody, but nothing is getting done. Yeah. And so I want everybody to understand Carly has worked hard to involve all parties into yeah. this conversation. One just isn't showing up. Yeah. And we're not asking for them to come and commit to gun control. No. We are simply saying, have let's conversation. have a conversation about Correct. sane gun policy. Yeah. And that is what in my family who's go slightly right. That was one of the breaking points Yeah, was the gun safety because all of my cousins now have young children. Yeah. So my cousins just went and raised $4,500 for every town. Yeah. I every just, town's a great organization yeah. and they do stay very. So there, do we have any every town here? No, we with don't. Moms Demand. They work closely with Moms Demand and they actually sponsored March for Our Lives the first time. And Moms Demand Action, by the way, if you're listening and don't know the terms that we use, great Moms Demand Action group. is an organization yes. about and they started in response to one of the school shootings. Sandy Hook. Sandy with Sandy Hook. Yep. And we have a very active chapter here. In fact, yeah. I'm picking up our podium from them tomorrow to bring oh, to yes. you on Saturday. Yes. <laughs> I was going to say they are. Wow. Great. I consider all of them to be like moms in my life. I always consider them like, oh, those are my moms. <laughs> just like my, literally like my mentors, how much they've taught me has just been like astronomical. But Carly, I got to tell you, I've known you for years. And even in high school, you teach as much as you learn. Like you yeah. are, your confidence is overwhelming. Really Some of the is, talking but... points about March for yeah, Our Lives. talking points. So March for Our Lives, and I love the kind of the direction they're going in. I think within the four years, they've very much changed their approach. So they have what's called the theory of change now. And what that is based off of is in order to stop gun violence as a whole is not just gun control anymore. It's changing the ideals of the American culture. So gun glorification, poverty, racism, anything that you can think of, even down to political apathy. These are all the main talking points that you really have to capitalize on because it's not just 
I have a gun, I'm mentally ill, all of these things, but it's the little things. We just had a recent like training meeting and they were talking about poverty. Where the gaps in social programs are, are where guns fill the gaps. Mm -hmm. You see this with minority communities, black communities, communities where parents may not be home because they're working three and four jobs just to put food on the table, gangs, all of these different things. And they don't know any better because all of these issues aren't being, one, talked about, two, funded. And nobody's going and helping these communities out. So March for Our Lives, really diving into all of these niches. That don't, that that aren't directly about guns. Correct. It's not just the guns that creates the gun violence. It's a lot, but Mm -hmm. yeah, that's like what they're trying to go for. And it's more so like a holistic approach to gun control. Or gun policy. Gun policy. Because gun control sends people I know, it's off such it. a bad... It's such well, a and bad you know what? It doesn't topic. have to be. I don't know why people are afraid of the word control. I got bladder yeah. control. Yeah. I got, yeah. you know, I got... Well, I have no mouth it's, control. But yeah. it's it's an okay thing. It's it is. It ties into responsibility. But it, it's in the black and white issue. And this is America in general. It's all or nothing. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. That's what they're afraid of. Uh, yeah. You no, know, it's in anything. Like, But they're afraid that it's right. all or nothing. And nobody from the Democratic Party... Right. Is demanding all or nothing. Yeah. And we're not saying tomorrow we should be Australia and have no guns. Although that would be kind of sweet if we did. But it's not going to happen. Yeah, correct. But it's really important to remember. I love seeing the consistency. My communications chair with our party is the one that keeps telling me mental illness exists all around the world. Video games exist all around the world. Bullying exists all around the world. Only in the United States does it lead to mass murder. It's just the access. Considering... And Uvalde, he's an 18 or 19. He was 18 on, and he bought it on his birthday. Two AR-15s before mm-hmm. you can even have a drink of alcohol, mm-hmm. before you can even buy a pack of cigarettes. But you can have the lives. It's 19 in your hands. I love the concept of, I mean, I hate the concept, but I love that they're embracing the concept that guns fill the void. It, it, yeah. That is, that yeah. Is because this is focused on schools. And I already talked about the fact that it's a non-starter to put guns in the hands of staff or teachers on yeah. a school campus. I know my party. I know Jennifer Jenkins. I know you. We support the idea of armed school resource officers. These people, the same people that think teachers can make these rash decisions about whether to kill a student or not, apparently think library books leap off the shelves into your hands and make your kids read them. But yes, yeah, so we should trust these people to make our gun policy. Um, so that is not an issue. What do you think um, are some of the things that schools could do that would increase safety in our schools? For me personally, I even think it's like early intervention programs. When you see those students that are struggling, they need to be helped out, put into positions where they can connect with other students and have all these issues. Which like is part of the training they're trying to take out of schools. Like Moms for Liberty, yeah. isn't that part of what's that? What's that? Social, emotional. That's it. Yeah. Yes. But Moms yeah. for Liberty is trying to take SEL out of our schools. Right. They, and what you're saying is that that will make our schools less safe. Yes. It might make our kids learn math and reading and writing and geometry faster, but it will make them less safe. Right. So they may not live long enough to practice what we're teaching yeah. them. So that's probably one thing you said early intervention. Yeah. I know when somebody was talking about army teachers a couple of years ago, because I know that Wayne Ivy wants guns on in the hands of custodians and librarians in our schools that all I know is if there is not a gun on a campus, my kid can't be killed with it. Right. <laughs> and if there's an extra gun on the campus, 
My kid can't be killed. I was going to say, because they counteract that whole claim like, oh, put metal detectors in, do all these things. But then you're perpetuating the school to prison pipeline for all the black students, all the minority students. And who's stopping somebody Mm -hmm. with an AR-15 from shooting everybody in the metal detector line? Yeah, it's not going to happen. The only thing that those proactive measures do is target black students and target students of color. guess who is notorious for not doing mass shootings? At schools. Yeah. Minorities Minorities and black students. Right. Another thing, the school to prison pipeline is one thing. But if you're looking at the people who are saying, let's arm the teachers, they tend to be representatives of the National Rifle Association, which is an association that protects gun manufacturers. Yeah, it's all about marketing. It's it, all about selling guns. It's, it's oh, yeah. about selling more guns. And the, every school shooting, unfortunately, the gun sales go up. Yeah, There's they, more you know guns in America than there are Americans. Yeah, yes. They, Do you know somebody tried to tell me that the NRA was founded to arm blacks after the civil war so that they could fight and i'm like that's a pure fairy tale i looked it up like they were started as a club in new york to teach people a marksmanship because they thought after the civil war they thought you know we our our volunteers our neighbors might have to do this again so we should be able to do it well it was started as a safety safety it is not that anymore No. no it's not they originally advocated for gun control measures those measures were to ban assault rifles automatic weapons after a bunch of black panthers showed up on the steps yeah. of the california state house didn't even use any of their guns they just no. showed up with them and and they also made cheap inexpensive pistols which would be used in nightstand home defense harder to get because they were threatening domestic manufacturers so the saturday night specials were outlawed due to efforts by the nra because again there wasn't any money for them in importing there's money in making And so there's money in arming both sides. They want to sell the AR-15 and they want to arm the response. It's always money. They want to line the pockets of the politicians. Yeah. They also like to start all the vicious rumors. Like when Obama was elected, they're like, he's going to come for your guns and your ammo. So stock up. Yeah. Yeah. So people, it's always about sales of guns. I was going to say, I want to say, I forget what politician it was. It ended up being, I think, $2,800 for each life that was lost for gun violence. Right when the whole Parkland shooting happened. From the money that was donated from the NRA to this politician divided by how many people died from gun violence that year. So you're putting a number now on what each American's life is. And for $2,800, that's like nothing. That sounds to me like Rubio. Probably. It was a Floridian. It's either Rubio or DeSantis. Both of them have. Well, this is then before DeSantis was even a thing. Well, this was 2018. Yeah, he was running. But even $2,800, that's rent for one month now. Like, (laughs) if you really put that into perspective, what you're saying a life is worth. You can buy five or six AR-15s for that. Yeah. Yeah. The cheap specials used to be, what, 400? Now they're 600? It's four. With March for Our Lives, the idea is that students, if you're listening to this as a student, you have a voice. For sure. Your voice is super effective because everybody knows how effective this has been. And I mean, that sincerely. I mean, yeah. we haven't had any mass shootings in Florida since that because I know that Florida did respond. Yeah. Even those crazy people. They did put the red flag laws in place. They're not federal. They're in Florida. Florida. Yeah. And a couple of other things. But some of those have expired this year, I think. And they're talking about renewing them, but they haven't yet. Although the Democrats did call for a special session. So what happens in our state legislature, Democrats have the minority. So I think 60 Democrats asked for a special session, the Republicans in our state legislature can still say no. And I don't think it's been decided yet whether they'll be able to discuss gun violence. But hopefully, you know, 
They're not stupid. But this is also the message is, and what I'm telling all of my friends and everyone who are up in arms about children dying, it's like, hey, vote. It starts with voting. It starts with voting. If you want real change, we have an opportunity in November. We have an opportunity Saturday. That's right. So tell us about the rally, Carly. So Saturday, I was going to say Saturday, a rally. It's at the West Melbourne Community Park. So right off of Minton Road. Is that, if somebody were looking for that, that's where the old, right across the Field of Dreams? Yes. Yes. It's it's right adjacent to Field of Dreams. It's the band shell is what they call it. West Melbourne Community Park encompasses the Field of Dreams. Okay. So for those of us that are old school, John Rhodes is behind it. Correct. And then on Minton is Field of Dreams. And so that whole thing is like Wickham Park and has an amphitheater. It's where the original John Rhodes Park was. Okay. So Minton Road. Minton Road. Yeah. What time? Meet at the band shell, 11 o'clock. Okay. Yeah. And you've got some speakers lined up. Speakers. Promise. Speakers are going to start. Yeah. Speakers are going to start. Promise is going to have food, ice cream. It's like a whole event. There'll be voter registration. Voter registration. There's definitely going to be avenues. If you're there and you are moved and you want to get involved, gosh, there's going to be so many organizations. You can definitely find your niche, whether it be Moms Demand Action, which you don't even have to be a mom. You can be a dad, too. March for Our Lives. It's a young group that you can get involved with. Trying to get out like the young or youth NAACP. So all these different kind of niche groups are going to be there tabling. So you find which group fits you best and you can sign up and volunteer. It's almost like a mobilization. And if you don't know yet which group fits you best, just come. Yeah, you can definitely come and talk and you find out or sign up for them all and figure it out after a couple of meetings. If you're listening to this, chances are this is where your people will be. Yes. And perhaps both parties will be there. We won't have an official presence. If you're looking for the Democrats, you can come find me. And if you're looking for the Republicans, I'll tell you where they are if they're there. And I will. I mean, I, yeah. I, this issue, I, with all my heart, yes, I am politicizing it because it has to be done, but I would love to be politicizing it with my friends across the aisle. I, I was even going to add more work would be done if we came together and yeah. did it together because we would find the common grounds that we are willing to compromise mm-hmm. on and we are willing to walk across the aisle and do the things together. So if you're listening to this again and you are because otherwise how could you hear me saying that? But if you're listening to this and you have friends who are not Democrats, let them hear this podcast and let yeah. them hear me inviting them to this event. If they refuse, and I will tell you, call your elected officials and say I demand that you listen to this organization. I demand yeah. that you do something about these students and they say no because they're afraid of Sheriff Wayne Ivey and he's got a thumb on elected officials in this county, then you know where the problem in Brevard County starts. It's not your Republican neighbors who disagree. It's not your Democratic neighbors who disagree with you. It's some of the elected officials who have an agenda and they refuse to participate in a conversation to make a difference. And I'm just laying it out there. So we will have voter registration there. If you want to change your party, you can do that there too. Or if you just want to don't your even know address, what you want, update your, yes. oh yeah, that's super Make your, get your vote by mail, mail application. In, yes. yes. All of the things that you can do to ensure that you're able to vote will, will be right. happening there. Yeah. Be- because this is a systemic problem. It needs yes. a comprehensive system level solution. Yeah. And organization and parades, they are the first step, but they aren't the final step in fixing any of this. I was going to say, I think the marches 
rallies, it all counteracts the political apathy that's been happening because mm-hmm. people see, oh, another mass shooting. Oh, another mass shooting. There's right. so many mass shootings. There's more mass shootings that happen than days in the year at this point. Yeah. So I think we've all become so numb to what's happening. But when events like these happen, you just kind of get re-energized and ho- have hope. And especially when you find your people and you kind of like band together with them, you know that together something will be done. And it shows people watching at home that yes. they're not alone. Yes. Mm-hmm. And it shows people that the community cares about this issue. And especially, yeah, young people. I feel like young people and I, I know I felt this way. I was 17. I couldn't vote. Yeah. I just got my driver's license. Yep. I can't do anything. Besides plan that rally, 2,500 people came and listened to us speak. And that's all we could do. But those 2,500 people, I will put money that they went out and voted. Mm-hmm. And I will put money that they will never forget hearing those people, seeing the children's faces, watching the flowers get dropped at the top of the causeway. All of these little things. It means a lot, even if you don't have the ability to vote. It's not just voting. Yeah. If you're, I guess, if you're underage, and that's all you can do. Well, <laughs> so no, if you're you, older, no, there's you a lot be, more you can do. I was going to say, if underage. you're older, you need to be the voice for the kids that can't speak. And the ones that can't speak can still Correct. help us because Carly was helping us at 17. Yes, Gosh. intern. And so we got a huge group of interns. So we're talking about, we did. We had a group Oh of my gosh. We had so, like 15 of us, I think. You were talking about the yeah. throwing, dropping flowers and it made me think of a logistics thing. Yeah. That some people are going to ask, why is this not across the causeway? Because sure. we're so used to that. So we, we had talked about using the O'Galley boat basin, but we realized we couldn't reserve it and we would make all the boaters angry. Yeah. So I know you then looked at Riverfront Park and Cocoa, but it was booked. Yeah, for there's Pride a Pride weekend. event. Yeah. yeah. Um, we don't want to disturb Pride. So West Melbourne, and I know the city has been really working with you. To yes. Sure this is a great event too. Which city is Council almost Mandan like ground, groundbreaking for West Melbourne as a very Republican police forward yeah. city. Go my hometown. Yes. I was going to say, I've, I've lived there pretty much gosh, my whole life too. But for them to accept an event Mm -hmm. and to not only push it forward, it's on like their screens. Like if you drive by on Witten, it's definitely publicized. So I know city councilman, I'm working with you. My new best friend. He's great. Yes. Yes. Daniel's a great, great asset to have with that. But I'm so excited. Yeah. I think it's going to be really great. I'm the only March within a hundred miles. So if you're willing to drive 100 miles, come on. And there are marches happening all over the country at the same time. Over 500 marches will be had. So it's January, I mean, June 11th. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Hello. Hopefully you're listening to this on Friday. It's tomorrow. Yes, tomorrow. June 11th, 11 o'clock. West Melbourne Community Park. It's 3000 Minton Road. If you so, put that into your Apple Maps, it comes right up. If you're go in your to 30s, the, it was where the lake was okay. for Rhodes Park. <laughs> and go to the amphitheater. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the band that's shell. where it's going to yep. be the band shell. Yeah. All right. Look. You won't miss it. We're going to get signs and people. And yeah, you will not be able to miss it. You will. Yeah, you'll see it. We'll I'm be there. I'm so proud of you, Carly. Thank and you. so grateful to have you back home. Yes. I know it's because the job market's weird because your yes. entire college <laughs> career was in COVID. But I'm super grateful for that experience because I love having you back in my life. Aww. And I know y'all are going to low hurt. It'd be so fun. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Better. It's definitely refreshing to be back with my, my people. Yeah. You know, yeah. so to say. <laughs> yeah. Come on out.
See us tomorrow. So we normally wrap up with what's happening locally. That's what's happening locally. Yeah. And we're also, we're doing a text bank just so, you know, we're talking to all the NPAs in the county to figure out how they, where they feel. We want, we think NPAs, nonpartisan voters should be heard. I mean, they should be able to participate in the process. I wish they could vote in their primary, but they can't. So we're doing that right now and still meeting our neighbors and making sure they get mail ballots so that they can do what it starts with, which is vote. Yeah. Yes. Thanks, guys. We got things happening. I love our county now. I feel so much better. Yay. Please, please, please email us. Email (laughs) us at where, Jamie? Pushaheadpod at gmail.com. Pushaheadpod at gmail.com. And we do have two reviews now. Yes, yes. I saw that. Thanks, guys, for making this happen. Thanks, Carly, for coming and joining us. Thank you for having me. You're welcome. If you got something out of this and know of anybody who cares about what we're saying here, please share. Word of mouth is everything in the grassroots game. If we're awesome, tell a friend. If we're not, tell us how to get better. This has been another episode of the Push Ahead podcast. Please reach out to us via Twitter at push underscore ahead or subscribe to our podcast in your podcatcher of choice. You can find relevant links to the stories that we're talking about in our liner notes on our website at pushaheadpod.com. The music is Super String Theory by Lobo Loco. 